up, everyone? Thank you for tuning into Tethered, a podcast dedicated to helping followers of Jesus stay connected to Him day by day. My prayer for this episode is that it would encourage you, challenge you, and propel you to abide more deeply in Jesus. I hope you're encouraged by this episode. Let's jump right on in. What's up, everyone? Once again, this is your host, Joey Morales. I really appreciate you listening to episodes here on Tethered. If you've been impacted in any way by these episodes, please subscribe to the podcast to keep up to date on when episodes drop, and please share with your friends and family on social media however you share things. I would really appreciate it. This is Season 2 of the podcast, dedicated to helping you understand your purpose for your life calling, how to stay tethered to Jesus moment by moment, day by day in your life calling, and walking away encouraged to live your life on mission, to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. For this episode, I'm going to have a conversation with my friend, Jenna Dahl, about how she is staying tethered to Jesus to live her life on mission as a teenager. Jenna is a 17-year-old high school student. She is a Christ follower, student, public speaker, ministry leader, and friend. She works for an evangelism ministry called My Share Pal, which her family started. She connects with pastors, ministry leaders, and followers of Jesus to help them share the good news. She speaks at churches to equip people on how to share the gospel using the free app My Share Pal. As she works for My Share Pal, her goal is to spread the gospel and help others share it too, because she doesn't want followers of Jesus to keep this good news to themselves. She also enjoys deep conversations, going to coffee shops, and making new friends. I am excited to have Jenna on the podcast to chat about how she lives her life on mission as a teenager to encourage teenagers to do hard things about her work with my shirt pal and how staying tethered to Jesus fuels her to do this. Without further ado, here's the conversation I had with Jenna. Alrighty, Jenna, how's it going? It's good to have you on Tether today. Thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with me to discuss about how you as a teenager live your life on mission. So yeah, thank you again for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. So why don't you do me a big favor, Jenna? Um, why don't you introduce yourself to the listener here? Um, I got a question for you about like, what do you do besides, you know, my share pal? And then I got a fun question for you on here and then three fun facts about you. Okay, cool. Yeah. So my name is Jenna. Um, I'm 17 and I am in high school. I'm graduating um, this semester and I um, am working for a ministry called My Share Pal. It's an evangelism ministry. And I, do you want me to go ahead and go into the three fun facts about me? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why don't you do that? Yeah. Okay. So um, 
I'm the oldest of three girls. So I have two younger sisters. Um, so it's super fun to just be able to hang out with them. And it's sweet because now that they're getting older, you know, get to um, hang out and they're around my friends and it's been a lot of fun. Um, and then I've been homeschooled pretty much my whole life except for first and second grade. So um, that has made me and just my family super close with being homeschooled and um, really good experience with that. And then super social and outgoing. So I love being around people. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, I'm super outgoing. So I love just being around people and um, having conversations, meeting new people and all that. So, Well, awesome. And then the fun question that I have for you on here, okay. I mean, you're a teenager. Teenagers <laughs> love social media. Um, I, I have to know what your opinion is because, like, I use both of these applications and I love them both. But I just got to hear from you personally. Which app do you think it's better, Instagram or Be Real? Okay. Well, so I know you said teenagers love social media, but I actually didn't get social media until I started working for my share pal, um, back in almost a year ago. And so I, I got social media just for work. And then I was like, I literally don't know what I'm doing, but now that I've had it for a little bit, um, I would say I, I think I like I like to be real better in the beginning because mm-hmm. everyone was posting on time. It was new. It's like, what is everybody doing right now? And so that was pretty fun. And especially since you get to see what your friends are doing, like I think yeah. I would probably choose be real over Instagram, but Instagram is fun to just kind of be able to keep up with everybody and see what. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's kind of a mix of both, right? Yeah. I didn't really answer your question. <laughs> no, that's fine. I know for me personally, like be real is becoming addicting for me. I love be real. Like really? I, I like, I like Instagram, but be real. Like it just goes off at any random time. Watch it go off as we're recording this podcast. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it, but um, <laughs> you're like, we got to pause. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, I would say be real is definitely my personal favorite out of like, I don't have Facebook. So like, um, Instagram is good, like you said, to stay in touch just to see what your friends are doing. But Be Real is like kind of like yeah. – it's kind of like a fun game. I see it. Yeah, and it's like less time. You know, you take it once and you see what everybody's doing and then you're off of it for the rest of the day. So. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, Jenna, thank you again for uh, answering those questions. And then again, thank you again for willing to come on to Tether today to talk about how you as a teenager live your life on mission and how staying tethered to or abiding in Jesus helps you do that. So cool. Well, let's get into this. So I have a question for you. So like, I remember when I first met you, um, it was in a coffee shop, but I've seen you around. It's like, okay, this girl is like living, like meeting with different girls a lot. And so I remember introducing myself to you and then you came up to me later, like in a different coffee shop, Frost Coffee, shout out to Frost. Um, (laughs) And you overheard a conversation that I had with someone about what I do with crew. And then from there, we got into a conversation about what you do overall in general. And it was just really cool just to hear from you, but I don't know your life story. And then I don't think any of the listeners know your life story. So what is your story? How did you come to faith in Christ? What was it like for you when you fully understood the gospel? So why don't you share about that? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, both my parents really love the Lord and are pursuing Him. And so I was definitely very blessed with that. And so I can't think of a time in my life where I didn't believe in Jesus, where I didn't know who He was. But at a very young age, I gave my life to Him, right? Um, I'm 
like in what Romans 10, 9 says, right? I believed in my heart that he died on the cross for me and rose again. And I confess with my mouth. Um, but I would say when I truly made my faith my own, I was um, 12. I was going into middle school and I very clearly remember just like this experience that I had. I was getting ready to go to church camp. Um, it was my first camp and it, we we're about to have this classic like camp moment. It was a week before we leave and I'm sitting down with a group of girls that I'm going to be rooming with. And we're kind of going around and sharing our stories and getting to know each other. And one of the girls goes, um, she said, I'm growing up in a Christian home, but I'm choosing to not follow Jesus. Hmm. And whenever she said that, I knew that it was my responsibility and role to share the gospel with her, but I didn't know how. And so in that moment, I didn't share the gospel with her, but I went home and had my dad teach me how to share the gospel. And he taught me actually using the system that my share pal uses. And so then the next week I went to camp and I shared my faith with her. It was my first time sharing the gospel and she gave her life to Jesus. And that was kind of the moment for me that when I knew that I'm supposed to live this out, right? Like, so not only do I believe in Jesus and do I know that he died on the cross for my sins, even though I'm undeserving of it, but because he did that, I now want my actions to reflect that. And I want my words to reflect that. And so I really just began sharing the gospel and that's, you know, little 12 year old me. I was like, okay, this is my purpose this is what it's all about. Like, hmm. Um, I just really understood that um, it didn't it stop there. And it was cool because, you know, she gave her life to Christ and I was just able to see her kind of continue to just like follow after him. I'm not in contact with her now, but it's, it's just a cool thing um, to look back on. And I think that was definitely the moment that um, I knew that that was my responsibility, that is it's to make disciples. And now um, I'm 17 and I'm in high school, but also like I'm still living out my faith, right? I think of first Timothy four twelve, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. And so mm-hmm. even though I was so young when I started my walk with Christ, it's cool to look back and just see what he's done in my life and how, even though I'm still only 17, I'm on staff with my share pal and I'm able to um, just help other young people share their faith and be confident with that. And then also how um, I'm able to just already be a leader um, and, you know, not only am I blessed with community around me, but I'm able to like, you know, spend intentional time in the word and all of those things and just continue to grow my relationship with the Lord now. So yeah, that's kind of how it all started to where I am now, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing your story. That's awesome that as a 12 year old girl, you were able to articulate the gospel for yourself, especially after, like you said, hearing your friends say that I grew up in a Christian home, but I don't know if I want to follow Jesus and you're able to use what you learned in your evangelism training, be able to share the gospel with your friend. And that's awesome that she gave her life to the Lord. And, you know, as for you personally, it's like, you know, I need to keep growing for myself too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I want to live out my faith and that's cool that even that, that young of an age, you were staying tethered to Jesus essentially. And now as a 17 year old girl, five years later, it's like, you still are living your life on mission. For sure. And one thing I want to make clear too, I think it's easy to go, oh, like, you know, Jenna is outgoing. And so it was probably really easy for her to have this first conversation um, sharing my faith, but literally like sat down with my dad and he just taught me how to share the gospel super quick. It wasn't like I went through this like crazy training or learned Mm -hmm. how to like perfectly share the gospel, but um, I was 
was willing, right? And so I think it can go both ways. Like sometimes we just have to get ourselves out of the way and be willing to do what the Lord wants us to do, right? And so for mm-hmm. me, I knew that I needed to ask my friend that first question and just start the conversation. And then the first question I asked was, do you have any type of spiritual beliefs? And so just understanding where she was at and where it comes from. And I think leading with questions when sharing the gospel is a is key, honestly, because one, if you're quieter, guess what? All you have to do is ask the first question. You don't even have to talk a lot. Or if you're outgoing, it gets yourself out of the way and you're really able to show that person that you care about them by hearing what they have to say to and what they believe. And so even though I was only, you know, 12 and I didn't know how to do it perfectly. Like I could honestly look back on that conversation and be like, Ooh, I probably could have said that better. I could have done this better, but the Lord used it. Right. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be perfect. And we can just take that pressure off of ourselves. Um, and if you don't have the right answer, or if you feel like someone is going to ask you a question that you don't know the answer to, the best thing you can say is, I don't know, I'm going to find that out for you. And, um, that's totally okay because we're not expected to know everything, but that was a little side tangent, but (laughs) no, that's great. Thank you for that encouragement. I'm sure my listeners will be encouraged to hear that. Yeah. You don't have to be what, like you don't have to be super equipped if that makes sense in order to share your faith. Like it's just being honest. It's like, if you don't have the answer to anything, just let them know. And then, but at the same time, find out that answer for them. And so, and I've said it on this podcast over and over, like, you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be a pastor to share your faith. I mean, you just heard that when Jenna was 12 years old, she just took those, you know, little conversation, that little conversation and was able to plant a seed, but also see someone come to faith. And so that's awesome. And so thanks for sharing that. All right. Here's my uh, next set of questions for you. And so how has life been for you as a teenager? Yeah. So I feel like I've kind of had a unique experience as far as like the classic, like Gen Z teenager experience probably wasn't what I really had. Like I said earlier, I mean, I did, I wasn't really on social media. Um, I was following Jesus had really, you know, great parents who love the Lord and, um, I have good community. And I also think that like being homeschooled and just my parents were very intentional about making sure I was surrounded with people who were going to build me up to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even though um, that is the case, it can still be easy, right. To kind of have um, life as a teenager in general, I think is just hard, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, you're figuring out who you are, what are you supposed to do? And especially if you're not following Christ, like it's like, what is my purpose? And you have an even bigger thing that you're trying to figure out. But for me, since I already knew Christ, I understood that my purpose was in him. My identity is in him and he made me with a purpose on purpose. And I'm supposed to know him and make him known. Right. Like I didn't have that, you know, pressure that, um, a lot of teenagers today have to try to figure out, um, what is my purpose? Because I think there's those small steps, right? Like, Oh, like, what am I going to do with my life? Like we can get on all those tangents and be like, Oh no, what am I supposed to do? But ultimately if you're following Christ, you know, that as long as you're taking the next steps and you're walking with Christ, he's going to lead you where you need to go. And I think for me, that's just really what I've been able to experience is the fact that if I am submitted to Christ and if I am walking with him, I can have full confidence that I don't need to worry about what my future is going to look like because I know that he is going to guide me and put me where I need to be to be able to use my spiritual gifts, to be able to use my um, ability to serve and honor him wherever I'm at. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. And you mentioned like too, like, in your own personal life, you really haven't had a lot of like the challenges that most teenagers face. And so what are some of those challenges that 
today's teenagers face? Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many challenges, right? Like I think between the pressure from social media to have it all together, or even just um, even if we are trying to be authentic on social media, I think it's still like we can feel like we're connected, but at the same time, we're so isolated. And um, with that brings anxiety and depression. And there's so many lies being thrown our way that there can just be so much confusion and lack of peace. And so it can really just be like, you know, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, where am I supposed? to go. And I think that's like one of the, some of the biggest challenges, right. Is like the lack of, um, community. And so a lot of Mm. that just like brings on a lot of, um, other struggles. Yeah, I'm sure. Especially like, you know, in today's climate where it seems like a lot of our society and I'm sure in other places too, around the world where it seems like you're wanting to cave into like this, you know, postmodern like culture, where you're just wanting to just do whatever you want and you feel like you have to put on this persona, put on this type of, you know, image of yourself where you can be perceived well. I mean, perception management is a big thing in our culture today. And I know a lot of teenagers face that pressure of like feeling they have to be this, they have to be that, or they have to look a certain way. And like you're right, social media in today's context doesn't really help with that. But that's, you know, it's good that you said that because I think what we need to be reminded at uh, as people is like there are people who are hurting and teenagers in today's age are hurting and they need the hope of Jesus Christ to meet them where they're at. Because a part of from a relationship with him, I mean, they need him. They need to see him as valuable and worthy and that he can meet them exactly in those times of despair Especially like he's like he said, today's teenagers have this, you know, persona like they have to put on this face if that makes sense. And so I appreciate you sharing that. And yeah, well, and I think too. So only four percent of Gen Z has a biblical worldview, right? And so if you don't understand who Christ has made you to be or what the Bible says, I think it would be super easy to be discouraged, right? Like you know, it's where's the hope, right? Where where am I supposed to go? Um, and I think we can hear that statistic of only four percent of Gen Z, um, not only four percent of Gen Z having a biblical worldview, and that can be super like discouraging. Um, and I think that's okay. But also like for me, when I hear that, I go like, whoa, like I'm a part of that 4%. I'm a part of the 4% that knows Jesus and has that biblical worldview. And so what a, a awesome blessing that it is that I get to be a part of it. And my role is to share the gospel and share the truth with other people. And so not only, not, like I shouldn't keep it to myself. Right. And so yeah. I can hear that statistic and be like, man, like, uh, like world's crazy. What am I supposed to do? And it's like, actually, I know what I'm supposed to do. And that's to be faithful where the Lord has placed me and lead my, you know, my peers and the people around me well, and just truly be that example for them because, and open my mouth and share the truth with them because I'm a part of the 4% and that's my responsibility. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, That is a very, you know, Eye-opening statistic, 4% of Gen Zs don't uh, have a biblical worldview. And here's what's even cooler. Um, I remember when I interviewed my friend Grace on season one episode, I think it was 20, right for Harvest Youth Edition, where she mentioned, yeah, the statistics with Gen Z teenagers, like they're very, they don't have a biblical worldview. Most of them do. But at the same time, they're on fire when they do come to know 
Jesus Christ. They want to make him known. Like they're willing to commit. And so that's what's you that's what's awesome, despite the statistic, is like once you walk someone through the gospel and they come to faith, it's like, wow, Jesus is worthy. Mm-hmm. I want to honor and treasure him above all these things. And you're able they're able to live their life on mission as a result and they want to proclaim his name and that's just what's really cool about Gen Z is that despite yeah like you said the statistic being 4% have biblical worldview they are about it like they're about it once they come to faith and so here's my next question for you, you kind of alluded to this already um and then you mentioned the 4% as well have you personally had any challenges as a teenager Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it can be kind of what I was talking about earlier with community. It can be so easy to feel alone, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, for me, I just know that I went kind of through a time of like, you know, who are my people? Who am I going to surround myself with all the time? Especially if you're in church, you're told that, you know, you need to be intentional with who you surround yourself with. You mm-hmm. need to have biblical community. But for me at first, it was really hard to find that because there is a lack of people who are all in and submitted to Christ who are my age. So I really just began, um, praying that the Lord would just bring community into my life. The the Lord would bring people my age around me who just love him and who could build me up to be more like him. Um, Because I know others who were following Christ probably felt lost and alone too. And so I was like, okay, I wanted to just be able to find that good community. So I began praying for that community and I just really started seeking it out. I got involved in fusion, um, which is abundant life abundant life's youth group and for me that is kind of where i started finding my community i joined like the leadership team there and i was just able to find like-minded teenagers who are on fire for christ and i got into a community group and that helped me a ton i um, am in a community group with some amazing girls who just really love the lord and who are pursuing them who are pursuing christ on their own and then it's awesome because we get to come together and share testimony and what the lord's doing in our life and build each other up to go um really just continue to be faithful and following him. And so I think that was one of my biggest challenges was like, okay, what does it look like for me to find like-minded Christians? And so um, not only did I pray about it, but I had to take those steps to make sure I too was um, seeking it out, right? Like I can't pray for that and just stay at home and hope, you know, some awesome community comes knocking at my door. You have to put yourself out there sometimes. And um, I was able to do that. And the Lord has definitely blessed me with some amazing friends now. So that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Jenna. That's awesome that you found biblical community with uh, the girls in fusion. That's awesome that they're able to help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord and you're able to do the same for them. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. All right. Next question I have for you. Do you believe that today's teenagers believe they have a purpose for their lives and why? Okay. I would say yes and no, right? Like I don't really want to say like a general statement for like all the teenagers out there, but I think, um, the ones who do understand they have purpose, um, the ones who are following Christ, right? Like that's, that's a big deal. That's a big difference. Then you have some that I think, um, think that they have a purpose, but since they don't know Christ, they don't have a full understanding of what their purpose is, right? Like they don't understand that Christ has made them in his image Mm -hmm. and that we can, you know, that we are, um, that we have purpose in him and are, um, in order to live a life worthy of, um, worthy of our calling, we all, we have to, um, be submitted to Christ. And so then you also have the group where I think 
which is probably majority where they don't think that they have purpose and they don't have an understanding of um, the fact that they matter, right? That they are, you know, loved and that God sent his son to die on the cross for their sins. I think that they're, that is probably majority right now. And we're seeing that um, big time just with depression and all those things. But every time I say that, I don't want it to stay there. And I don't want it to sound like, oh, like we're hopeless because I am seeing the Lord move so much right now. And, you know, I think whenever you are in a place where you are walking with other believers who are out there doing the work and out there making Christ known, it can be something where it's so encouraging. I think of the ministry first priority. First priority is a high school campus ministry that are starting evangelism clubs in public schools to one train and equip students to be able to share their faith. And two, mm-hmm. they're a- actively doing it every single week. And we just brought it here to Kansas city. And so I'm just super encouraged by things like that too. And I'm already seeing the Lord, like using his children and using his people to just do so much. And it's cool because um, so many people are coming to know him. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. great, Jenna. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, so when you're mentioning about, you know, purpose with teenagers, I immediately thought of this verse that I've actually been studying to do a message on as we're recording this podcast. And I've shared it before on this podcast too, in the episode, Right for Harvest College Edition. And it's Second Timothy 1 verses 8 through 12. And this is the same Timothy that um, you mentioned in earlier in the verse where don't let anyone despise you for your youth. This is that same Timothy, dear listener. And this is what Paul says to Timothy as, you know, Paul is getting ready to be executed for his faith and is passing on the baton essentially to Timothy to carry on the message of the gospel. And then when this was written, uh, Timothy was in Ephesus. He was pastoring over a church in Ephesus and they were encountering false teaching. And so Timothy was, you know, probably suffering in ministry. And this is what Paul encourages Timothy with. And this is what he says. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in suffering for the gospel, rely on the power of God. And this is where he reminds Timothy of the amazing news of the gospel. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Another way you can say that is purpose. Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. This has now been made evident or revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality, that is everlasting life, to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I, Paul, was appointed a herald, that means preacher, apostle, and teacher. And that is why I suffer these things. But I am not ashamed, because I know whom I believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to guard what has been entrusted to me until that day, meaning his second coming, or if Paul passes away and sees Jesus face to face, which in this context he was. But what I love about this verse is... He has saved us and called us to a purpose. And that purpose is to know God. Mm-hmm. As a result of knowing God, not because of our own doing, because of his finished work on the cross, according to his purpose, his sovereign plan to redeem sinners for himself, taking on the form of a man and dying a sinner's death that we completely deserve on the cross. 
Um, that is the evidence that Jesus fulfilled what the Old Testament scriptures promised, that one would come to make people right before God. And that is what Paul means by abolish death, has brought life, eternal life, to light through the gospel. And so the purpose for a believer is not just to know God, but to make him known. And that is what this passage in Timothy is reminding Timothy about, like, hey, you're called to do this. Like, you keep on going. Don't give up. Like, because later he says, hold on to the pattern of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that is in Christ Jesus. It's like, you keep going. Don't let anyone despise you for your youth. Like, this is your purpose is to know God, to continue to know God, just like your grandmother Lois and your mother Bernice knew. And that same faith you possess, like, keep on trusting in that faith and so i love that you mentioned that love love that to mention that jenna thank you for sharing that that's so good (laughs) yeah so here's my next question for you all right this transitioning into a different section here what do you believe causes today's teenagers to not live out their faith if they're you know say they're christians yeah um i think one of the biggest things that i see is really just a lack of guidance or a lack of like leadership or discipleship i think a lot of teens just don't know what to do or aren't surrounded by people who can lead them well right and so with that like we see discipleship is so important i mean even just on the topic of timothy right like paul and timothy that's kind of like the classic like discipleship match that you hear about and you had someone older just pouring into Timothy and really helping him understand what it looks like to practically live out his faith. And then Timothy went on to do the same for others. And so that's kind of that, what I think lacks sometimes is that discipleship. Um, I feel like in this um, conversation, I keep going back to community, but it's just been something that I really just have seen in my own life, how important it is um, community and discipleship. And then also just when I'm around um, teenagers, one of the biggest things I see um, if they're struggling is the fact that they, they feel alone or they don't have mm-hmm. that guidance or know what the next step in their um, walk with the Lord is. And so I think for me, that just makes me even realize how even more important it is to make sure I'm leading well, right? So like I look around me and I'm like, okay, what um, who is the Lord placed in my life? What teenagers are around me that could use that extra leadership or guidance or discipleship? And so for me, that's kind of one thing that I really try to focus on is how can I um, just disciple the girls around me? So I would say that's kind of one of the biggest things when it comes to um, having a hard time living out their faith. Is they, Sometimes I just think that it's a lack of discipleship and guidance. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. Thanks for sharing that. I know like, you know, a lot of teenagers in today's age don't have someone older to other than their parents to kind of model what it's like to follow Jesus for yourself, because a lot of them grow up, you know, in the church and don't make faith their own. And the lack of people wanting to disciple students is like far and few in between. And here's my question to you, Jenna, in regards to that's not on the script, but what would you say to someone listening to this? If, you know, if they want to live their life on mission as like a young adult or as a college student, and what would you say to them in regards to like meeting that need of discipling a high school student? 
Yeah, absolutely. So first thing, I think a lot of adults are just scared of teenagers. <laughs> I think that's something I get it. I'm sure we can be scary sometimes or intimidating. <laughs> um, but really, truly, like, if you want to disciple someone, the first step is like being their friend and getting to know them. Like just treat them like you were going to go hang out or get coffee or get dinner with a friend. I think that sometimes we're so concerned about like, Oh, like, I don't know what to say or how am I going to like make sure um, I really just, you know, guide them correctly. And I think really the first step is a relationship, right? Show them that you care, ask them a question and genuinely listen to what they have to say. I think there's, um, so many people are just so self-centered and I mean, I'm guilty of that sometimes, right? Like it can be Same. so easy to focus on ourselves to where we forget to look around and like, cause, um, one time I, I, I hear people say this a lot, right? Like we'll pray that the Lord will give us opportunities to share the gospel. And I'm like, I don't think he's withholding opportunities for us to share the gospel. Right. I think we need to be praying like, Lord, open my eyes to see the opportunities you're giving me to share the gospel. Lord, open my eyes to see the people around me that I can disciple that I can lead. And so, um, when leading someone, I would just say one, get to know them, ask them questions about their life and truly show interest. And then two, tell them about your life and how Jesus has changed you. Right. Mm -hmm. I think Jesus is like, when we tell people what he's done in our life, it is so compelling. And because he has worked in our own personal life, that is something that can encourage and challenge someone. And then also I'd encourage you to share scripture with them. Um, I mean, obviously I work for my share pal, but my share pal is a free, like, app that helps people share the gospel, right? And so if you download the app, you're going to see scripture on there that can just help you just start that first gospel conversation, um, you know, and just talking about like Romans 3.23, we've all sinned, we've all messed up. And Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Like even though we've sinned, we can still have um, this gift that the Lord has given us. And just even sharing, like going back to the basics and reminding them of that truth and then kind of going from there as you get to know them, I think um, you don't need to be intimidated by us. And we genuinely just want to have, um, relationships and friendships with people. And so, um, that's kind of just, I would just ask them just be like, Hey, want to get coffee sometime? I'd love to get to know you more. And then just bring up Jesus, bring up those spiritual things that you can begin to understand where they're at and where they can maybe use, um, some leadership and guidance. Amen. Thanks for sharing that, Jenna. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I know like for me, if I had a, you know, an example, like not an example, but like an opportunity to live that out for myself. Like a lot of you listeners don't notice, um, except if you listen to the episode Show Don't Tell in the very first season with Bert. But I actually work at Chick-fil-A part-time and I get to interact with teenagers all the time. They actually are a lot of fun and they actually genuinely want to have relationships with people that are older than them. And yeah. one example that I have, um, there's a guy that used to work at the Lee Summit Chick-fil-A here in the Kansas City area. His name's Kevin. And he is an older guy um, that interacted with a lot of teenagers, but he would intentionally get to know these teenagers and use that avenue to share the gospel with these teenagers. And as a result, there have been some teenagers that have come to faith in Christ through his work at Chick-fil-A. Or I can give you an example of my friend Sam that attends a church in Wichita, Kansas, who has discipled a student or a group of students from the sixth grade to the twelfth grade and been able to navigate with them that entire season of their lives. And they're still in touch with Sam to this day. And so, dear listener, like, don't let teenagers intimidate you because they're actually <laughs> a lot of fun. Like, I can tell you that from personal experience. Like, I've gone to youth camps with teenagers. I've 
like did all the dancing with them and things like that. They genuinely want to have fun, but they want to have those authentic relationships. Like, remember, if you listen to the episode right for Harvest Youth Edition, like, don't be a poser. Like, that would be my challenge. Like, they can tell if you're fake. And so just be your real authentic self and share the real authentic Jesus. Yeah, that's so good. Authenticity is something that is so huge. And um, like you said, we can tell whenever you don't want to be somewhere, you don't actually want to get to know us or you're not being yourself. And I think that is one of the biggest things is like, you know, just just be our friend. (laughs) Yeah. And be involved in your life. Yeah, I agree with that. Thanks for sharing that, Jenna. All right. So there's this book that I was introduced to by a guy named Stephen years ago called Do Hard Things. It's basically a book about a teenage rebellion against low expectations. Now, you hear the word rebellion. It's not like go do something bad. It's more of like teenagers, um, sometimes there's low expectations of them. And it's like, no, they're people as well. Um, in this book, it talks about like George Washington and other people from the past who were able to do hard things or do, you know, impactful things. Like in the example of George Washington, he was a surveyor um, when he was measuring kind of like the the terrain of Virginia at the time. And he was a teenager. Or it gives an example of one who sailed on the boat and was the captain as a 12-year-old in this book. And so that this book touches on a lot of things. And so it was, it came out in like 2008 and it was really written by a guy named Alex and Brett Harris. And so it's a really good book. And I remember reading it and it's like, wow, I had no idea that teenagers can be used in a profound way. And so like, for example, this is one of the things that I remember reading in the book It said, if we take a step despite feeling uncomfortable or afraid or inadequate, our comfort zones expand. We grow in strength and skill. What we consider normal for us changes, sometimes radically. And so you mentioned, Jenna, that, you know, a lot of teenagers, like, don't don't believe they don't have purposes because, one, they're afraid to believe that. They feel like they have to be this big-time Christian, if that makes sense, um, in order to do impactful things for the kingdom. Um, what would you say to the teen who f- may feel inadequate about living out their faith? We'll be back after a brief break. Hey, what's up, everyone? We really appreciate you listening to episodes here on Tethered. If you've been impacted in any way by these episodes, please subscribe to the podcast to keep up to date on when episodes drop. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, Will you please consider rating this podcast in your favorite podcasting app? Please leave us a comment. Finally, please share this podcast with your friends and family on social media or however you share things. We would really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Tethered. Now back to the episode. Yeah, um, a couple scripture comes to mind. Um, the first one is Second Corinthians twelve nine through ten, and it says, "But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will b- gladly boast all the more about my weakness, so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weakness, insults, hardship, persecutions, and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And when I read that, I kind of um, like hitting on the point of weakness, right? Like we feel like we don't know enough or we don't have enough things, right? And 
we know that through our weakness, Christ is going to make us strong and he's going to give us what we need. And so going back to not trying to do things on our own. And then in Romans 5, 8, it talks about how um, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like while we were still sinners, it wasn't like, Mm. oh, we finally reached like perfection or we finally made it to um, full like um, understanding of who God is, or we finally reached the point of, you know, good Christian. It was like, no, he died for us knowing that we weren't ever going to measure up to Christ's standards. He died for us knowing that we weren't going to be perfect, but he loved us enough and he still did that. And he still calls us his children and he still allows us to know him and be in right relationship with him. And so if you are feeling like you um, are inadequate or you don't have what you need or, you know, maybe you're going to mess up or you have that fear of failing. I just want to make it clear that Christ has given you what you need mm. and that he has given us his word. He has given us the ability to talk to him and come to him and give our burdens to him. And so anytime we're trying to do that on our own, we need to truly just get ourselves out of the way and say, Lord, like I'm available. Where do you want me to go? Where are you going to lead me? And even in the midst of my weakness, even in the midst of um, me messing up, I know that I can still go back to Christ and submit to him and ultimately just be able to um, have that opportunity to do what he wants me to do. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing that, Jenna. I'm looking at this quote again, and I recall what you said earlier about taking those next steps. Like that's essentially what this saying is just taking those baby steps. And once you take those steps little by little, and here's what's amazing about when someone takes those steps you know, step by step, that Jesus is with you every step of the way. It says here, when you take a step despite feeling uncomfortable or inadequate, your comfort zones expand, meaning you start becoming more confident. You grow in your strength. You grow in skill. You grow in your confidence that it, through Christ in His strength, you're able to do things for the Lord that may seem hard. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you mentioned that earlier in the podcast, like taking those little baby steps. Yeah. So, for sure. yeah, thanks for sharing that. All right. Here's another quote that I had from the book that really was so impactful when I read it. Doing hard things is how we exercise our bodies, our minds, and our faith. Small hard things are the individual repetitions, like a single push up. They are seemingly insignificant by themselves, but guaranteed to get results over time. I love that because it's essentially saying like when you do hard things, you have like, don't try to do the big hard thing first. Do little hard things. Like, for example, if you're a teenager listening to this, sharing the gospel with your classmate, like the person that you know that you're friends with, that you see their life like is in this in despair and you know, God has providentially placed you in that classroom for you to share your faith. And and it's scary. It's like, I don't know how they'll take it. Having that little conversation, taking those small steps of faith, small hard things, and repeatedly doing that to you. It's like when you're working out. I know a lot of you teenagers like working out. Like, you have to start small, right? You have to start with the, you know, the smaller set of weights, and then you work up your way to the bigger set of weights. And that will guarantee get you results over time. Now, what that's saying is essentially this. Like, the more you share your faith with your classmates, the more confident and the less afraid, if that makes sense, you are to do it. And so that's what essentially this quote is saying when you do hard things. 
So, Jenna, what would you say to the teen about attempting hard things like living out their faith, not succumbing to the culture, things like that? Yeah. So, first off, if you are listening to this and you're like, man, I want to start truly living out my faith, that's awesome. And that's great. I'm so proud of you for being willing and ready to like say yes to Jesus because that is the first step, right? Like you saying yes. And it can be hard um, to do it on your own. And so, like I've been saying, find a community at church or somewhere with other like-minded believers, other like-minded Jesus followers, um, and take those next steps. If you're committed to following Jesus, maybe it's you need to get baptized. Maybe it's you need to be like, okay, I'm going to spend 10 minutes in intentional prayer every day. Or um, maybe it's you're like, okay, I'm going to read my Bible every day. And so taking those steps and those practical things that you you can do to begin growing your relationship with the Lord. There are some awesome resources um, that you can use to help you grow and to help you um, truly just like understand what it looks like to follow Christ in the midst of um, all the crazy life things. And so whether that is um, you're like, okay, I need to start reading my Bible. Maybe it's one, you make sure you have a Bible or you download the version app and you're like, I'm going to start a plan and I'm going to do it with a friend. I think accountability is huge, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like ask a friend or, you know, ask a sibling like, Hey, do you want to, can you do this Bible plan with me? Or maybe you're like, okay, I read my Bible, but I don't share my faith. And so maybe you need to download that, my share pal. So that way um, you can begin sharing your faith. Um, but I would say definitely the biggest thing is who are you surrounded by? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to become like the people you're hanging out with. And so mm-hmm. if you look at your friends and you look at the people you hang out with the most and they're not following the Lord, it's going to be so hard for you to do that on your own. So make sure you have those people around you who are going to build you up, who are going to remind you of truth that is in the word, who are going to just really hold you accountable to making sure you're living a life that is honoring to the Lord. Hey, man. Thanks for sharing that, Jen. I love that you mentioned like the people you surround yourself with, because as you were saying, it's like a lot of teenagers like have football teams or baseball teams or cheerleading teams and you know they don't do things in isolation they do things together they have a common goal like mm-hmm. if you're let's say for example if you're playing on the football team right like think of it like this think of like your relationship with god as your part of the football team yeah you have your own disciplinary disciplinary things that you need to do like you need to exercise enough but you can't win that football game on your own <laughs> like mm-hmm. you have to have a team that helps all of you, you know, beat the other football team, if that makes sense, and win the game. And so essentially, the people you surround yourself with when you're growing your faith, they have to, of course, authentically be living themselves and pursuing the same goal. And that's to know Jesus more intimately, to treasure him more greatly and to savor his power more sweetly. And so like the people that are in your team, your community, are there to help you making sure that you exercise your faith day by day, moment by moment. Like, hey, how can I help you memorize the scripture? Mm-hmm. How are you doing in this area of your life? Like, have you gotten a chance to tell this person how sorry you feel? Things like that. And so yeah. I, I highly agree with you, Jenna. I mean, that's important that you have that community whether that's in your local church, I mean, I've said on this podcast before, the local church is the, you know, the best way to have community. But if that's if let's say, you know, if you're involved in a in a high school ministry, 
with those guys or in a college ministry with those guys. Um, like get yourself around a biblical community that really chisels you, chisels your faith and causes you to grow in your relationship with the Lord. And so thanks for sharing that, Jenna. Yeah, and kind of going back to the um, analogy that you gave with the football team, it made me think of Ephesians 4 when it talks about um, kind of starting in verse 11. And it says, And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching by human with cleverness and techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. And so I really love that because it's talking about how, yes, we're supposed to come together and we all have different gifts, right? We all um, have a different purpose within um, Christ's plan for our life, but we each need to make sure we are living out our part individually so that way we can come together in unity to make sure we are, um, you know, following Christ and we're able to ultimately just um, come together for the work of ministry, for the work of what Christ wants us to do. We cannot do it alone. So that was really good. Amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing that, Jenna. And so, dear listener, now I'm going to share with, like, showcase to you how Jenna you know, lives out her faith. And so, and first and foremost, what I want to say is like, all glory be to God. Like, it's because of Jesus Christ that she's able to do these things. It's not of her own doing. It is all the Holy Spirit working in her. But I just want to, you know, t- give time to Jenna just to share about what she does with my share power. You probably heard us mentioning that a lot on this episode. So I wanted to give time for Jenna just to share about my SharePal. Um, essentially what my SharePal is, as she said, it's a it's a smartphone app, which you can download on the App Store or the Google Play Store. And you can basically share the gospel in a very simple manner. I've actually got a chance to uh, play with it myself a few times and I it's actually really easy to use. It's awesome. I really love the simplicity of it. And so, yeah, why don't you talk about my SharePal? What exactly is it? Yeah. So my SharePal, like you were saying, is a free app that helps you share your faith in a clear and simple way. Um, And so it also has the ability to keep track of how many spiritual conversations and salvations you have been a part of, or even your ministry, right? And so if you're a ministry leader or a pastor, you can see, um, you can get a ministry code and have everyone in your ministry, put that code in the app, and you'll be able to see how many spiritual conversations are happening. And so that's just a great tool to be able to encourage each other. Like, wow, like we had five more spiritual conversations this week. Like who's been sharing the gospel? Like let's encourage each other, you know, and those types of things. Um, But my share pile is also um, just a super simple, systematic way to share the gospel, right? So how do I start that conversation? Because I think sometimes it can be really easy to be like, okay, how do I go from talking about the Kansas City Chiefs to, oh, by the way, do you know Jesus? Like, it can feel weird to have that transition or like, how do you get into that conversation? And so I think um, it's really cool just like seeing the system that MySharePal uses. So the first um, thing on the app, whenever you're starting a spiritual conversation is there's five questions. And so 
just starting that conversation, asking the person about what they believe. And the first question is, do you have any type of spiritual beliefs? And I really love that first question because especially in my generation, a lot of people are claiming to be spiritual or um, and something within that realm. And so it's a great starter question to just get them talking about what they think um, about spirituality. And then also, then you can ask them, yeah, so to you, who do you, who is Jesus? And so then you get to bring in Jesus and see if they're willing to that have that conversation. And so you have those five questions. And then once you've asked those five questions, we go straight into scripture. And so, um, we're able to get ourselves out of the way, go straight to scripture. And it's like, all right, what does the Bible say? What is the truth? And so you're able to share that with them after you, um, have asked them those questions about what they believe. So that's kind of what my share pal is. Um, just a super simple, easy way to help you share your faith. And, um, also if you're a ministry leader, keep track of what's going on in your ministry with spiritual conversations. Awesome. That's a, that's awesome. It's so simple, but yet so easy. And so like intentional, which I really love about the app. And so thanks for sharing. So Jenna, what do you do for my share pal? Like you're on staff with them. And so what do you, what do you specifically do for my share pal? Yeah. So my role is to connect with ministries and churches. So that way they can also have this tool, right. To help their um, ministry and just the people involved in it, share the gospel. And so kind of my role within that is I speak at different churches or youth groups or events, whatever, just about my share pal. And I am able to do evangelism training to just help equip people on how to use the app and just kind of encourage them um, just when it comes to sharing the, the gospel. And so I get to do that. And then um, also, you know, being on podcasts, just different things like that, that I'm able to do. Um, and it's, it's my favorite thing. So I'm um, right now I'm part-time since I'm still in high school, but um, it'll be sweet to um, just be able to dive more into my share pal. I'm actually right now the only um, paid staff, but it's been cool because, so that means I just have a lot of random responsibilities too, but it's been sweet to be able to be a part of my share pal and to be able to just connect with so many awesome churches and ministries um, around the country and ministry leaders just to um, be able to equip them on how to share the gospel, just to give them this another tool to help their, um, their people make Christ known. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's cool that you get to do that for a living, you know, other than attending school right now, but it sounds like you're wanting to make that more of an, a bigger endeavor for your life. As soon as you graduate, that's awesome that you get a chance to go around the different churches, ministries to just share about, my share pal and also how, you know, people can share their faith. And so I know that as we're recording this podcast, you're going to come speak to college students. And so I'm excited, yeah. re really excited to have you share with our students how to share your, their faith using my share pal. And so that's awesome that you get a chance to do that as a teenager, which is incredible. <laughs> I mean, again, all glory be to God that yeah, he's absolutely. equipped you in this way. And so here's my next question for you. What are the benefits of my share pal? Yeah. So, um, kind of what I was just talking about earlier, like I think some of the key things, um, with my share pal is it guides you through a conversational way to share the gospel. Right. Um, and then also it helps you simply just start that conversation. And then also it helps you know what's going on in your ministry. So if you're a ministry leader, just being able to see like the spiritual conversations and encourage one another in sharing the gospel. Gotcha. That's awesome. How would you compare my share pal to other evangelistic tools like the Navigator's Gospel Bridge or Cruise Knowing God, Knowing God Personally booklet? 
Sure. Yeah. So one thing I want to make clear, like if you are sharing the gospel consistently, that's awesome. And I am not here to try to get, convince you to use my share pal, but I think my share pal is just simply a, um, another tool for your tool belt to be able to share the gospel. And so, um, I mean, right now only less than 2% of Christians are actively sharing their faith. And so the goal with my share pal is to be able to just help them start in a conversational way. I think sometimes we feel like we have to go to a bunch of evangelism trainings, or we have to have all these scriptures memorized, or we have to have all the right things to say. But my share pal really just helps you start that first conversation. And you don't have to um, ever question what you're supposed to say, because it's all on the app and then going straight into the scripture. So actually, whenever I'm sharing the gospel with someone, I have them read the verse off of my phone. So it keeps them engaged and it keeps them um, it, they're able to read the scripture for themselves and see what God's word has to say, which is super cool. And it just keeps, um, you never actually have to explain what you believe because you're going straight to scripture and you're just helping them understand that. And so I think that is kind of what is unique about it. Just the system, as far as like questions, them reading the scripture, and then you have some closing questions on there in a prayer. And so it's just really, um, helpful and effective when it comes to, um, knowing what to say and not having to worry about what, um, you're supposed to do or what it would look like for you to start that conversation. Oh, that's cool. That's actually really nice to be able to equip the person like right then and there, like, Hey, it's that easy to share your faith and the app, you know, puts those scriptures in there for you. And so, and it's awesome. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. So the goal with my share pal was like, I want to be able to share the gospel with someone right now. They give their life to Christ and then they can immediately go share with someone right after. And so it's been super cool because I have this, I remember one time, um, I was going to youth group. It was before service started. And my friend was like, Hey, I want to learn how to share my faith. Can you teach me really quick? So we sat down for like less than 10 minutes. I walked her through the app, showed her how to share the gospel. And then that night she led someone to Christ using. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And so I think sometimes we feel like we have to have, oh my gosh, like I don't have all the words to say. I didn't sit through this two-hour evangelism training. What am I going to do? But that's not the case. The Lord has given you what you need. And so literally that 10-minute conversation of, oh yeah, let me show you how to use the app really quick. And then that same night, she led somebody to Christ. So I think, yeah, it's super encouraging. I think we just put too much pressure on ourselves sometimes and it's like, hey, we are overcomplicating this. <laughs> I can speak from experience as a campus missionary. Even I can tend to put pressure on myself. Like I got to present it this way. I got to do it this way. But at the end yeah. of the day, it's, it's easy. It's just having a conversation yeah, and absolutely. we don't need to make it too complicated. So yes. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, it's an encouragement to me. And so I've already asked you, you kind of already alluded to this question um, a little earlier. Um, mm-hmm. But why is it important for you as a teen to share the gospel with others? I mean, using my share power, anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the first thing is it's a commandment, right? So if I'm following Jesus, I'm following after what he has commanded me to do. Um, And in Matthew 28, it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And so with that, we know that it is our role to share the gospel, right? It's not just for the pastor. It's not just for um, your small group leader, but it's each of our roles as Christ followers, every person um, who is following Jesus, it's our role to share the gospel. And then my second thing too, it's like, if I know this good news and I know what Christ has done for me, why would I want to keep that to myself? Like this is like the best news ever. So I shouldn't want to um, not share that with anyone. It's such a gift. And I want to give that gift to other people too. 
And so I think one thing that can be um, just helpful to remember is that it takes someone up to like on average, it takes someone up to seven times of hearing the gospel before they say yes to Jesus. And so you might be that first person who shares the gospel with them. You might be somewhere in the middle, or you might be that person who gets to lead them to Christ and gets to see them surrender their life to Christ. And wherever you're at in that, it's still so important that you shared with them. And it's still um, just awesome that you're planting those seeds and that you're doing your part in sharing the gospel. And we can really just take the pressure off of ourselves and know that we're going to let the Holy Spirit do the work and we're going to let the scripture do the speaking and we do not have to um worry about like oh like if they don't give their life to Christ right now I did something wrong because no we know that success in sharing the gospel is simply sharing and so um it, it's just our responsibility to make sure we're doing our part yeah amen thanks for sharing that yeah I really appreciate you sharing that what I thought of immediately when you shared like you know, it takes about seven times for someone to say yes to Jesus. I immediately think of First Corinthians three six, which says simply this: "I planted, meaning Paul, Apollos watered, but who gave the growth? God." <laughs> and so, dear listener, like my encouragement to you is, you keep on sharing the gospel. Um, and I love also what you said too, Jenna about like, if you've received good news, like you do something with it. I mean, we do this every single day when we get good news. What do we do? We share it on social media. Like, let's say for example, if you won the, the football game, you're gonna post it on your Instagram story for the whole world to know. So it's the extra of the day. And so I've shared this before on the very first episode of Tethered. Like, if you have good news, you're gonna deliver it to somebody. Like, why don't we do that with God? Like, why don't we do that with what God has done in your life personally? And yeah, it's, you know, it's scary to share your faith at times because you're basically telling somebody like, hey, we were created in the image of God, but we sinned against the holy, righteous God. And because of that, we are deserving of his wrath. But because of his love and mercy and grace, like I shared before, it was his purpose to do that. Like, he made a way for us to be reconciled to God because of his love through Jesus Christ. And I know that's a message that is like hard to hear, but at the same time, like if it's personally affected you, if it's caused you to have life, you want to tell somebody. And so, but at the end of the day, like we're in the sharing business. God is in the saving business. I've shared this before on this podcast. Like, I just pray that you would continue to have those conversations, but let God do the work of saving somebody because who knows like later down the road, like let's say for example, if the person that you're sharing with, like they've heard that gospel presentation for the seventh time and they're, you know, they end up giving up their life to Christ. That's awesome. Like that was God ultimately doing the work through the six other people that have planted those seeds and excuse me, watered those seeds. And so, and just you watching it come to fruition, that's awesome. And we praise God for that. And so I just wanted to encourage you with that. And again, thank you for sharing that, Jenna. It means a lot. And so, all right, here's my next question for you. How can my share pal help teenagers live out their faith? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing with um, my share pal is um, you are now equipped to be able to share the gospel, right? So it's like I was saying earlier, if you want to begin to share the gospel and live that out for yourself, you have the ability to. And so 
I think, um, like you were saying, like we don't want to keep it to ourselves. We want to give it to other people. We want to share that good news with other people. And so not only should you share your faith using my share, Paul, but also share it just the app with your friends who are also Christians, right? Like not only do I want to be making disciples, but I want to be able to equip other people to share the gospel too. And so if you're a teenager and you're wanting to share your faith, I encourage you go download, go download my share pal right now in the app store. So that way you can um, just look over the app. We have some training videos on there. They're each less than like two minutes. You can go on there and just watch those videos and really just get a good idea of what it would look like for you to share the gospel. Awesome. Thanks for sharing, Jenna. And then here's a question for you. Um, how do you stay tethered to Jesus as a teenager to live your life on mission? Yeah. So I think the first time it, the first thing is, um, I have intentional time with Jesus. Right. And so I think it can be easy to just in a world where, um, we're so busy and all over the place. I, make sure that I take time, um, every day. Now I'm not perfect. So sometimes I miss a day, but every day to spend intentional time with Christ in prayer and in his word. And then also I just have those people around me who will encourage and challenge me to do that too. So right now, um, I'm reading the whole Bible in 30 days. So I'm trying to, oh which, yeah, I'm a few days behind, so it might be more like 35 days, but, um, I am like just for me, like when I was like, okay, what do I need to do right now? Like, what is my next step? It was like, I need to read the whole Bible and I'm kind of a go big or go home type of person. Yeah. So I'm just doing it in 30 days. So I'm doing that. Um, and that is just kind of right now, like being able to see the big picture and see the old Testament and how everything points to Jesus and how like, you know, we're waiting with expectancy. We're expectantly like patient almost and excited for like Christ to come. And then, you know, Jesus comes and we're able to just read it and learn about his life. And so for me, that is one of the biggest things, right? Like I am just able to um, read his word and learn about him. And then also just have a relationship with him where I can literally tell him about what's going on in my life and he can um, guide me and direct me through his spirit. And so I think for me, that's really just how I stay tethered to Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing that, Jenna. All right. So we're almost, you know, done here with the conversation. I wanted to ask you some final questions here. What would you say to the teen listening to this who doesn't know how to practically live out their faith? Like, I mean, we've shared all this, but they're still like, I still don't know how to live out my faith. Like, what would you say as far as like encouraging them? Yeah. So, um, first off, it's awesome that you want to start living out your faith and that you want to make that next step. I would say the first step that you need to take, um, like that you can actually do right now is open up your Bible and start, um, or actually I would honestly say probably you version is the way to go because it can guide you and just help you understand Mm -hmm. maybe some good places to start in your Bible. But I would say, few next steps. So like, what do we need to do on a daily basis? I think when we can get those things down, um, to a daily level, sometimes it's really easy to go big picture. Like, okay, I want to be sharing my faith every single day, every time I come in contact with someone and I want to do this, this, and this, and we have all these big ideas. And if you're like me, it's like, it can feel, um, maybe you're a future thinker and you're like, okay, this is, this is the goal, but what are those steps that we need to take to get there? So 
want to surround yourself with some community, get involved in the local church. I love how you are just telling people, you know, how important it is to find community and where you can really find that in the local church, because I think that is so important. So if you're a teenager, mm-hmm. I'd encourage you look at the youth groups that are um, in your area. There's that's where you're really going to find some um, people your age who just are also wanting to follow Christ. Or if even you're going to be able to find some leaders who are going to be there, who are would love, I'm sure they would love to um, just pour into your life and get to know you. And so that's definitely the first step is who are you surrounding yourself with? So community and then also, um, yeah, prayer for me. I love, um, I used to hate like journaling and like sitting there and like writing things. And then I realized it was like a me issue and I like, didn't like sitting still and talking to God. I was like, that's a problem. So I got a journal and I now like, it's been so cool to, for me to be able to like write out my prayers and just have conversations with the Lord. Like if I have a question for God, I write it down and, um, it's really cool because I've just been able to see him answer so many prayers in my life and guide me and direct me. So I encourage you to yeah get a journal, get a Bible and get connected in community. Amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing about everything there. And I love that you, you know, mentioned the local church again, and it's just important for you, dear listeners, especially if you're a teenager, um, get involved in your local church. And if you're involved in Young Life or FC or any type of youth ministry, make sure that they point you to a local church because if they don't, I, I, I maybe reconsider you, maybe move on to a different ministry or get involved with a youth group. Because the local church, again, is the, you know, the place that you need to be in where you'll receive discipleship, you'll receive community, but you'll also be equipped to take your faith outside the walls of the church. You can be under older people that'll hold you accountable because the, the goal of the church is to become more like Christ. And so I love that you mentioned that, Jenna. Thanks for sharing that. And so here's my next question. Should teenagers only share the gospel with their peers or should they share the gospel with all people? Yeah. So when I was talking about Matthew earlier, it says, go make disciples of all nations, right? It doesn't say, oh, make disciples of people who are only your age or things like that. So for me, it did start out with, I was um, mainly sharing gospel with people my age because that's who I was around. But now I've had moments where I'm in a coffee shop and I just start a conversation with the person next to me and they're clearly not my age. Or um, I was took my sister to the park one time and I shared the gospel with a mom. And so I think it's just super important look at who the Lord has placed you around. Maybe your parents aren't Christians and it's your responsibility to be an example to them of what it looks like to follow Christ. Or maybe um, you are um, just, you know, living your life and you're around a lot of adults. And so that might be the case too, where you need to have those spiritual conversations with people who are older than you or younger than you. So um, for me, I've had it both ways where, you know, I've shared the gospel with adults, but also I, um, serve on Sundays at my church. And so I am with, um, some elementary school kids all the time and I'm able to share the gospel with them too. And so I think it can go both ways for sure. Yeah. I love that you said that because like teenagers work in a lot of environments or are involved in a lot of things that some of them are around a lot of adults. Like if you're listening to this, if you like work at a fast food restaurant or if you work at an amusement park or if you work at a hotel, like you have people there that are adults that are looking for hope. Like I can just, you know, give you counseling examples, but some of them feel very hopeless. And you could be the one that points them to the true hope, Jesus, and they can find their eternal hope. So I would just encourage you, teenager, to 
really like take time to invest in these adults that you're around or even in your peers in your classrooms like i said earlier because people need the lord and they need to know that there is hope in him and so thanks for sharing that jenna i really appreciate it and then last question how does a teenager or how can a teenager stay tethered to jesus practically yeah so practically i think um whenever you're staying tethered to jesus you need to look around you like what are those opportunities that the lord is giving you um what are those um next steps i love just i love saying next steps because it makes it okay what one step do i need to take right now to be able to um honor the lord and so um I think for you, like begin praying and asking the Lord, Hey, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do right now? Um, and so really just begin asking the Lord what he wants, um, your next steps to be. And then also like, as you're getting into the word and as you're around community, you're really going to start seeing those opportunities that he's given you too. And so um, to stay tethered, don't do it on your own. Make sure you are surrounded by other people. Amen. Amen. Jenna, thank you again for taking time to be on this podcast. And I want to just, you know, reiterate the next steps thing, because I love that you said that as a practical way of staying tethered, because I go back to this quote that we said earlier from Do Hard Things. Um, If we take a step, despite feeling uncomfortable, afraid or inadequate, our comfort zone expands. So in, in the context of staying tethered to Jesus, Praying to the Lord, for example, like having that time to communicate with Him, even if it takes a little, like just you engaging for like a minute, that minute will become two minutes, that two minutes will become five minutes, and that five minutes will become a greater amount of time where you can actually take time to communicate with the Lord, or if you're engaging with the Word by reading it and studying it, like you don't have to read the whole thing at once, it's more of like reading a verse at a time. And then you'll begin to understand the context and you'll begin to understand the theme. And it's those little baby steps, even though it might be scary when you first pray to the Lord or first open the Bible, like your comfort zone expand. And then from there, you grow in strength and skill. And what, you know, people consider normal changes sometimes radically. And like we said earlier, doing hard things is how we exercise our bodies, our minds and our faith. It's those little small things we do repeatedly. Like, and again, when you stay tethered to Jesus, dear teenager, just take those small steps. And those small steps will, you know, grow bigger over time. And so, even though they may seem insignificant in the moment, like, when you when you pass away from this earth, Jesus is going to welcome you into his arms and say, good, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Because, one... Staying tethered to Jesus helped helped you come to know Jesus more intimately, not just in the head, but in the heart. But also, you get a chance to share the good news with people, and that is what the Lord is like thanking you for. Like, well done, you lived your life on mission, and that could be a lot of people's you know encounter with Jesus when they see Him face to face. And so, do you have any final thoughts, Jenna? you know, in regards to like how a teenager can live their life on mission? Sure. Yeah. I just want to encourage, um, teenagers to just remember that, um, you are here on purpose with a purpose. Um, in Acts 17, it talks about how, um, the Lord has placed you in time and in space for, um, a reason. And I'm paraphrasing here, but it even talks about how in the boundaries of your land. So not only did he just 
place you here. He literally surrounded you like wherever you're living, wherever you're at for a purpose. And so I, it can, I know it can be easy to be discouraged or not know what your next step is, but just continue to abide in Christ, continue to submit to him and um, be ready to say yes to where he's calling you and you will, uh, it's really going to be worth it. And I hope that um, you're just encouraged to go out and live your life in a way that is honoring and glorifying to the Lord. And if you're not a teenager, I mean, this the same things apply to you as well. Absolutely, yeah. Stay tethered to Jesus because he wants to use you to proclaim his name everywhere you go. And so thank you again, Jennifer, for being on this podcast. I really appreciate you. And then, dear listener, on the next episode, we're going to be interviewing someone that works in an industry that allows her to interact with people over and over. And what she actually does is she actually works with hair. And she's a person that I'm excited to interview about how she, as a hairstylist, lives her life on mission. So we'll we'll see you next time here on Tether. Thank you for tuning in and you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Tether. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Please also tap the subscribe button to receive notifications when new episodes are published. You can also follow Tether on Instagram by clicking on the link in the episode notes. Hope this episode has encouraged you, built you up, and blessed you. To God be the glory. See you next time. God bless.